0: If you caught last week's episode, you have a good idea of the richness that this conversation will carry as well, since this is part two. But if not, I want to lay a little groundwork for you before we dive in, because as you could see by the title, which is When You Feel Gaslighted by God this can be a touchy episode that could cause people to be like what i don't know if i trust this conversation first off let me assure you myself and tiffany are firm believers that god does not nor is he even capable of gaslighting people because he is the god of truth that he is light and there is no darkness in him so there's our first foundation secondly we're really just addressing what happens when you're living your a a Christian life doing everything in your power that you know to do to apply the principles of the Word of God um, be faithful walk in truth all the things but your life experiences go in a way that feels like you've been tricked or like this is not what I signed up for all of us if you've walked with the Lord for very long or even just walked through life very long You experience some moments or some experience like that, and it can be very disillusioning. In fact, there are lots of well-intentioned people in the Christian faith who create cute catchphrases that stick and form beliefs in us that actually may not be rooted in truth, such as dead men feel no pain. Mm, Okay, it's cute, it's catchy, but it doesn't actually reflect real life in that just because I feel pain doesn't mean I'm not dead to myself. Okay. Um, or, uh, if God feels far away, guess who moved, you know, like these little things that stick out, but aren't actually helpful. So in this episode, we actually are diving into what to do with the messy side of life and the messy side of your Christianity, deconstructing your faith, figuring out it is okay to ask God why it is okay to press past, quaint, trite little answers and really get to the meat of the heart of God in his word. That is where we want to take you today. So you can put your guards down if the title was a little disturbing, put your guards down and really listen. And I encourage you take what we're saying, weigh it and process it. Talk to the Lord about it. And I really believe by the end of the episode, you will feel encouraged that it is okay to be real, to be honest, and that God shows up in the middle of our messy, messy journeys. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. ever faced a situation where you didn't know what to do and you wished that God could just speak from heaven and tell you exactly what you needed to do so success was sure? What if you could hear God's voice for yourself? What if you knew each morning when you woke up that he was literally waiting just to talk with you about your day and what is going on with your life at the moment? This would entirely change your view of God, possibly, but for sure your relationship with Him. Who wouldn't want that? If you've never heard God speak to you, this book, Listen, is for you. If you normally do all or most of the talking when you pray, this book is also for you. If you want to stop and really listen to what God wants to say to you, then this book is for you too. If you simply want a way to explore new terrain with the Lord and deepen your relationship with Him, this book is for you. This is not seven steps to learn how to hear God's voice or hearing God speak for dummies. It is less of a how-to manual and more of an experiential workbook. You're invited to see part of Alan's journey to listen, encouraged to listen yourself and then given space to capture what you believe God is saying to you that day in light of what you discover along the journey. So take the next 63 days to listen first for the voice of God and watch your relationship with him be transformed in a huge way. And side note, if you have people that you want to get a meaningful gift for for Christmas this year or for a birthday or a holiday, and you just don't know what to get, this book, especially if they're a believer, would be perfect. Teaching anyone how to hear God's voice and making space for them to do that is literally a life transforming opportunity. So don't miss out. Go check out alanchapin.com and grab the book, listen, or you can find it on Amazon as well. All right, back to our episode. Hey, you guys, welcome back. This is Java with Jen here with Tiffany Yecky Brooks, who was so sweet to be on my episode last week where she talked about her book Gaslighted by God. And here we just realized that one short episode was not enough to really complete the conversation. So we're here in part two, where she's going to dive a little more into her story. We're going to talk about what it means to be deconstructing your faith and how that's actually can be a really great thing for growing in your relationship with the Lord. Um, Just we're going to dive into some other topics. So Tiffany, Thank you for being with me again.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me again.
0: Absolutely. So, why don't you go ahead for anyone who didn't hear the episode last week? Do it. Do another brief introduction, just of your backstory of the book and why it's titled that way, and and we'll just kind of scan that Absolutely. real quick.
1: Yeah. So, um, the the title of the book came from a line that I blurted out in a moment of exasperation, um, where I was really struggling with the fact that my experience of God didn't match the God that I had been told existed in scripture and that Mm. I had heard all my life was, was the God I would see if I just followed the formula and made things, you know, followed the, the, the good Christian girl model of life, that things would play out that way. And, uh, whenever I seem to voice a, a concern that, you know, my experience of God, isn't really matching that, um, the, it was always answered with, well, then there's some sort of, must be some secret sin in your life, or that's because you don't understand God, or that's because, you know, and it was always, it's because something is wrong with you. It's sort of like when you're working with customer service over the phone and they're like, okay, we'll do this and this. And now you should see a green light. And you're like, okay, I, I don't, and they're like, check again. And you're like, no, I, I don't see a green light. And they're like, yeah, no, it's going to be there. And you're like, no, I'm the one looking at it. There's no green light. And they're like, <laughs> mm, I think you're wrong. Like, that's what it feels like. Right. um And that's, that's classic gaslighting. Um, And so I picked the title specifically because um, when I blurted out the line, that was the moment when I realized that maybe I needed to write about my experiences, but also Mm -hmm. um, because I knew that I was in a place where I couldn't pick up another book that had like, Flowers and like pretty loopy print that was like, Jesus is my best friend. Okay, that's <laughs> great. I'm glad you feel that way. But right now, that's not how I feel. Right. And I need something that's going to be a little more honest, that's not going to tell me just pray a little bit more because yeah. I've tried that and it's not worked. So <laughs> we need something new. We need a little more David and Psalms in this situation here for real. (laughs) Oh, yes. And we hit on some of those Psalms. Yes. So the, uh, the subtitle of the book is reconstructing a disillusioned faith, because I think that's where a lot of people are right now is that we've choked down the cognitive dissonance enough that we realize I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, something I say in the book is that we shouldn't have to lie to be a good Christian you know and I think that so often we think we have to wrap everything in christianese or church talk of you know how are you doing well I'm going through a tough time but I know the lord is going to see me through well okay that's great yes but also it's okay to be authentic it's okay to say I don't know where god is right now Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling this is not great um like that's authentic. God doesn't yeah. need us to be PR agents who are like <laughs> trying to help God save face by what we say. God wants us to be honest and relational. Yeah. Um and so that's what that's really what the heart of this book is is how to get to an authentic faith that's actually healthy yeah. um rather than the the obligation that yeah. we think we have to present of of faith or you know what our journey is. Yeah. It's it's an an invitation to be authentic and not authentic and like that. Oh, my house is sometimes a mess. No, it's the, sometimes my faith is a mess and I don't know where God is. What do I do with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. that kind
1: of authenticity.
0: I love that because, and, and some people, I, I, and I almost feel like I can feel some of the listeners getting nervous as we're treading into these waters. But, you know, I remember as I was walking through the dark night of my soul, which was actually a really recent season. Um, and I remember standing in the shower and saying, God, I had been struggling to connect with him. And I was like, Lord, I'm sorry if the things that are going to come out of my mouth now are disappointing or frustrating, but I'm not even going to judge them. I'm just going to tell you exactly where I am. And I got just honest, just honest. Like, I feel this way about you. I feel this way about this relationship. I feel this way about this. And I felt him draw near in that moment. And I have, that has happened multiple times where, when I just take down all the religious pretenses and I get Mm -hmm. ugly honest with the Lord about where I'm at, it just, I don't know why we think it's going to threaten him. God is not that fragile. Like like he's like, like I want my kids to be honest with me, even if it's messy, we'll clean it up later. You know, be honest with me. And God is the same. Absolutely. And I, you
1: know, in the book, we look at example after example of, you know, Moses and Job and all these, and Jeremiah and all these different characters, you know, figures in the Bible who say, God, like, I'm not okay with this. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting on a happy church face right now. You know, Job 13, 15, we love to hold up in churches as sort of like the ultimate verse on submission, which is though he slay me yet I will trust in him. But you know what? There is a second half to that verse, Uh, (laughs) the complete sentence is, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Even so, I will argue my ways to his face. Oh, wow. That is the complete verse. And so with that second half tacked on, suddenly it doesn't sound quite as subversive or quite as submissive as the first half, Uh because Job is saying, yeah, things are terrible. And I know I'm going to, you know, yes, I will still trust God through them but I'm going to be really, really mad in the process. (laughs) I'm still going to name the thing that is, that I'm wrestling with. I'm still going to tell God that I am unhappy about this. Mm -hmm. And we've almost in the, in the interest of like sanitizing Mm -hmm. the faith, we've removed that idea that it's okay to do that, that it's okay to wrestle with God. You know, I mean, like Jesus grew up, I mean, a key point in the Jewish faith is this idea of wrestling with God and debating issues with God. And we see it throughout um, the Hebrew Bible, people contending with God. I mean, obviously Jacob, but then Moses, you know has this whole point where he's saying, God, why did you even call me? Since you called me to talk to Pharaoh, things have gotten worse for my people. I didn't want to do this. You know, he goes through a whole list of five different points about why he's mad at God for even calling him in the first place. Jeremiah hated his life. I mean, there's a whole section called (laughs) the confessions of Jeremiah, where there are five different past points in the book where Jeremiah basically says, my life is terrible and I hate this and I don't want to do this anymore. We see Ezekiel saying, um, like, I didn't want to do this. And I sat troubled in spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so these are, these are all things we talk about in the book where we, uh, I ask the question of like, why, why would we remove that from faith? It's like, we've turned faith into a state of being that it's mm-hmm. either something you have or don't have, mm-hmm. but that's not what faith is. No. Faith is the journey. Faith mm-hmm. is the wrestling. Faith yeah. is the back and forth. And, and, and the contending and the questioning faith Mm -hmm. is a process by which we engage with God. It's a relationship. It is not a box that you check of either I have, or I don't have, we boiled it down to a binary
0: and that's never what faith was intended to be. Right. I so much agree with you. And to be honest, I feel like this reality that does exist in every one of our journeys with the Lord, because it is a real relationship and every relationship you have goes through difficult moments, has difficult conversations, has hurt feelings, you know what I mean? Like that's a normal part of a yes. living, breathing relationship. And, and, but the fact that this is real and the fact that religion will point you to a formula, but a relationship with God points you to a relationship with the Holy spirit is why it's so yes. important that we nurture and develop that personal relationship of hearing god's voice and hearing from his spirit for our situation now i'm also not going to be naive here and say that in all these situations you're going to always hear god's voice because sometimes when it's the darkest was when it was the hardest for me to hear god's voice that didn't mean he wasn't speaking he actually sometimes would speak in like external ways like I remember Mm -hmm. one time where I was just kind of at a, a, at a crossroad in, in a very significant relationship in my life. And I was like, Lord, I need to know if I need to go left or if I need to go right, but I I don't want to get away from your plan for me, but I'm not hearing from you. And and I just need to know what healthy looks like, like step in, give me a dream, do something. And that night he didn't give me a dream. He gave a friend of mine, a dream who knew nothing about my situation. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear Mm -hmm. in her dream. God was like, I see you. I see where you're at and there's no shame for where you're at. In fact, where you're at is valid. And he said, but here's what I'm going to do. And it was like this beautiful promise unfolded in the dream. And it gave me so much hope and it gave me direction. It gave me clarity. And so it was like, I look back on my life and every hard situation I walked through, which in every season of my life, I've walked through difficult seasons, but they don't feel at uh, the dark night of the soul is hard regardless, but those different situations are much easier to walk through when you have a, um, a pattern of leaning into the Holy spirit's voice and at least his guidance, at least his guidance. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So how have you seen that play into your story even? Well,
1: one thing I want to say to that before I get into the story is that one of the things that I have found is most helpful is, and maybe this is the life hack for this episode um, (laughs) is that it's letting go of, I've changed my prayer over the last few years. Instead of saying, God, please, please help me make the right decision. Please show me the right path. I've started saying, Lord, please show me the best path. Mm. Please lead me to the best decision. Because when we boil it down to right or wrong, Mm. It then almost sets up the idea that if you don't, if you don't know, and say you accidentally choose the, you know, air quotes wrong choice, uh-huh. then everything that comes after is outside of God's will for your life, mm-hmm. and all your life is from that point forward is just scraps of whatever ever was God was able to pull together and salvage from, <laughs> you know, salvage from from the mistakes that you made. But if we shift our prayer to say, help me make, help me make the best choice, uh-huh. that means that there are an array of choices. Now, in some cases, there absolutely is a right and wrong. Like, don't yeah. get, you know, like, I completely, <laughs> I believe that. Uh-huh. But in most cases, there is nuance. Yeah. And so when we can, sh- when we shift our thinking to say, can you please lead me to the best choice mm-hmm. that leaves room for, even if we maybe don't take the one that would have proven the best choice, that doesn't mean that there are other options that are bad. They're right. just varying shades of good. Mm-hmm. And for me, that has taken so much pressure off of those moments where I don't feel that I can just, dis- that, that I can distinguish God's voice, or I can discern the Holy spirit very, very clearly. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do know, and there there's that prompting in your spirit, um, but sometimes you don't know, yeah. and then you feel you're paralyzed, you're trapped you know, and then, and then what do you do And you have to make a decision? And so for me, it's been such a huge weight lifted to, to, to remove that false binary of right, wrong yeah. in situations where it's not applicable. And yeah. instead to think of shades of good, better, best yeah, and just so shifting my
0: prayer life in that way has been profound for me. Right. Well, and I think when you take that approach too, it, it kind of non-verbally nods to the reality that I do believe God is big enough to make all things good for me. You know what I mean? To, to take, because yes. he's, he's the Absolutely. one who does that, you know, and like even the, something yes. that also has given me comfort as I walk through this dissolution season is that, a god is big enough to work with my decisions and make mm-hmm. them good so that truth has become very real to me um but also it, it is many are the plans of a man's heart but it's the lord's purposes that prevail now don't get me wrong you can really get wrecked and you can make all kinds of stupid choices but mm-hmm. if Absolutely. you're seeking the lord and you're desiring to follow him and it's just unclear he comes in to guide and order your steps. And so I can even look back on decisions that I made and realize, oh, that was a decision made out of fear and made out of naivety and Mm -hmm. made out of this. But then the Lord comes along and he's like, you know what, but I still ordered your steps in that, you know? Yes. That's and what
1: redemption is.
0: That's exactly, what grace is. Exactly. Yes. And that's where I feel like going back to the idea of deconstructing, I feel like that, that word deconstructing your faith sounds like a very woke, liberalized idea in today's culture. And so I think that's where people's hackles can kind of go up a little bit. Right. But like you mentioned, the idea of deconstructing your faith is just laying it in front of you and taking a critical look at it and just evaluating, is this actually okay. true? Is this actually true? And, um, and Jesus did that, like you said, with the Pharisees all over the place. Again, I think it also Absolutely. speaks to loving God with all of our mind. Um, and so yep. where else, what else would you say to that, to, to kind of validate that idea of deconstructing your faith?
1: Well, you know, I think it's really interesting because we see in Luke in, um, excuse me, in Matthew 16, mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus is talking with the disciples and he says, okay, you know, who do people say that the son of man is? And the disciples are like, oh, they say this and they say this and, they, and, and they're quoting the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus says, no, who do you mm. say that I am?
0: Ah, oh, that's good. And that
1: yet yeah, to me, that's so interesting because Jesus is saying, okay, I know what the religious leaders are saying. I know what the prevailing culture is saying. What I want to know is you, the individual who has spent the day in and day out eating, sleeping, talking, traveling, listening with me. Yeah. Who do you say that I am? Because that matters. Yeah. That's what Jesus wants. And then when Peter makes that confession, Jesus says, okay, upon this, I'm going to build my church. I mean, that's profound. There is power in that. And he says, you know, as this, it was not you who said that it was the spirit who mm-hmm. said that it was the Holy spirit who gave you that. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so profound yeah. because that is Jesus saying it matters to me who you in your deep personal investigations are discovering about me. Yeah, And I think that's something we're all called to. Um, So I'm actually working on a follow-up book right now to Gaslighted about spiritual anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so one of the verses that I talk about in the the introduction actually is, you know, the one you're referencing about Jesus saying, we need to love God with our mind Mm -hmm. and really talking about what that means and what the implications of that are. And that that doesn't mean that we throw out the Bible, of course not. Um, But it means that we are called we have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to make decisions for ourselves about is this a helpful belief is what I have been taught about this does this align with where I see the arc of scripture where I see the arc of Jesus's teachings actually pointing or is just this just what I've been told Mm -hmm. to believe about this passage
0: yeah is
1: that there are several passages that um I look at in the book where I say, you know, I was always taught it meant this, but when you look at it, it doesn't actually say that at all. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes some of those, some of those reframings or, or, or careful study, that that's part of deconstructing. You are de detoxifying, you are breaking down, you are dismantling the accumulated meanings that people have piled on top of something that affect the lens through which you can um, experience them the lens right. through which you understand them. Yeah. And it's kind of peeling that back or scraping that off and saying, does it really mean that? Is that really what God is saying in this passage? Yeah. Is this really what God is doing here in my life? Something that we're really good at, and I'm cl- including myself in this, is pointing scriptures at people or quoting scriptures at people. And there is a difference between quoting a scripture at someone and sharing the word of God with them. Yeah. And I think we all know that difference, you know, uh-huh. and something I say in the book is that too often we, we like to use scripture to like slap it on like a, like a band aid mm. on somebody's wound as if, as if their spiritual struggles are just a sacred paper cut. Mm. And that's not how the Bible was intended to be used. That's right. not how we're called to minister to one another. Yeah. Um, And that's not how we're called to administer to ourselves or or to to minister to ourselves, to our own wounds, to say, well, I, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And this verse says this, but gosh, it doesn't feel that way right now. Okay. Then it doesn't feel that way right now. Don't beat yourself up over that. Don't think that you are somehow alienated from the journey because that's not ringing true right now. Yeah. That's just not where you are in your journey and you need to trust God trust that the overall story the overall arc of the gospel is one that ultimately leads to life and redemption.
0: Right, right. So I think that um I I love that you pointed out even like is this is this is this true or is this just something I've always been told? Because we see throughout scripture even in great movements in the church where like uh, I think of Luther, you know Martin Luther where Mm-hmm. they, they challenge what they've always been told, because if you always just trust what you've always been yep. told, someone else is controlling your life, not the spirit of God. It, Paul too. I mean, like that's just it, just like,
1: and I I actually had a blog post a couple of months ago where I said, you're like, let's look at who has deconstructed the faith. Jesus was a deconstructionist. Paul was a deconstructionist, Martin Luther, John Wesley, um, you know, like on and on and on the list. just You know, it's, It's really interesting to see when you think about it, who actually said, hold up, wait a minute, let's take a look. Mm -hmm. Let's see if this is really what this means. And, and it's something that we have a responsibility to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, something I, I have found is that I I'm 43 and there are a lot of things that I look back on and I, they're so cringe like I really really cringe hard about certain things I said or did or believed or ways ways I acted or decisions I made uh-huh and the way I have found that I need to give myself grace is to say, well thank God like truly thank you Lord, that I am not the same person I was at 17. yeah thank you that I am not the same person I was at 25 uh-huh. and hopefully I will not be the same person you know hopefully 20 years down the road from now I'll look back and and cringe a little bit because if I don't cringe, <laughs> It means that I didn't do the hard work of growing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that we need to remember too, is that this is part of the growing process. This is part of maturing Mm -hmm. and in all aspects of our lives, we're going to see things change in our understandings and appreciations a nuance, you know, uh, uh, nuances, like the meaning of things yeah. change for us. Yeah. And so this is a, a process that we should always constantly be engaged in yeah. to make sure that our beliefs are our own and not, um, not ones we inherited. We want to be children
0: of God, not grandchildren of God. Right. We want to be living our beliefs, not inherited beliefs. Right. 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 And I, and, and that again, reintroduces why it's so important that you're walking with the Holy Spirit, because there is a big difference from, well, I just believe this because my pastors always taught me this, which can be wrong, such as dead men feel no pain. Or mm-hmm. if you ask God, why it's a lack of faith? Like these things are taught to us. I have thoughts on that. Oh, I know you do. Uh, that, <laughs> like In fact, I feel like that idea of if you ask why that's a lack of faith, I feel like that was a demonic idea ideology that was injected into the church to prevent people from pressing in for the insight that only Holy Spirit can give. absolutely because the the Mm -hmm. word of God in John says that the Holy Spirit is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth it also says that he will lead us into all truth and I praise God that I had that revelation in college, that then I need you to lead me into the truth of what's going on in my own heart, what's going on in my own thinking. And I was never quite satisfied with just because it's always been done this way. I always wanted to challenge and test and know, well, is that really how it should be done? Because people are fallible. Surely someone believes something wrong along the way. And I don't want to just inherit that. Mm -hmm. Well, and the truth has nothing to fear. And I think that's just
1: it. Like a lot of people worry about, well, I worry that the questioning is going to lead to an unraveling of my faith. Well, if you believe that God is true and that, that, that the gospel is truth, capital T truth, Uh then there's nothing you can't study. I mean, there may be some things that might be better not to go too far down pursuing, (laughs) but truth has nothing to fear because mm-hmm. truth, you know, the, the truth shall set you free. And so it is okay to question and examine. The Bereans are praised for it in Acts, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for getting in there and examining and really saying, is this real? Yeah. So this is something we're called to do. Yeah. Um, And I just, I wanted to, you had asked about my story earlier leading yes. into, I think this would be a good transition into um one of the points you just made. So um, just a few kind of, stops along the way of my story. One major moment that I talk about in the book was that um, in the, in 20, in 2009, um, I had, we'd had, my husband and I had, had dealt with uh, some infertility mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of struggle with wanting a child. And then five days after he, uh, my my husband is, was in the military, five days after he shipped out to Iraq, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And he was on an eight-month deployment. And this was wonderful. He was going to get home right for the, you know, it was just, it was perfect. Um, And everything just went flawlessly. Um, And then he got transferred directly from Iraq to Afghanistan. And every time I had like anxiety about the pregnancy, I had a friend who would say, God would not have taken you this far to leave you now. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I took great comfort in that. And then um, I went in for my 16-week ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. Oh. And here I am by myself, a thousand miles from family, Mm -hmm. all alone, my husband's in a war zone and I've got a dead baby. Wow. The baby that we prayed for. And what do you do with that? When you've been pinning your hopes on God would not have brought you this far to leave you really, because this sure doesn't feel like God's here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, that was a big moment for me in having to kind kind of entering that dark night of the soul. And, um, a dear friend of mine who is also a pastor, very well-intentioned said, you know, well, you need to just, I I want you to just pray about this and be sure you ask for another ultrasound because, you know, there was someone else who, who I knew had a similar thing. And when she had, um, You know, she, she, she requested another ultrasound and sure enough, the heart was beating away and it had just been a mistake. And so you just need to pray because that's the power of prayer. And so, you know, I was like, okay. And I threw my, you know, power of prayer. And so four days later, when I went in for my surgery and they do another ultrasound and there's still no heartbeat. Mm. And so then what, because what I've just been told is, well, the power of prayer is that it can get that heart beating. Okay. So were my prayers not strong enough? Mm why, why didn't God see fit to give me that miracle? Mm. So now I'm all alone. And, um, and what do I do with this grief? And so that was something that was a a big moment that really sort of launched me into um, deconstructing my faith, because I found that when people asked how I was doing, I felt compelled to give the good Christian answer of, oh, well, the Lord, Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. Okay, maybe, but that was alive right then to say that's what the peace of my spirit was because right. it was not. Yeah. But I felt yeah. compelled that that was what I had to say because that was the good. That was the good church answer. Mm. Um, and everything I read, everything I looked to, everything I found in devotions at that time was all like, well, just keep praying and mm. God will deliver. Really, you don't know that. You don't know that. I'm sure you know, I would have people say, "I'm sure I just know in my heart that God's going to bring you a baby someday, really? Because unless an angel of the Lord came down and told you to share that with me, um you don't know that. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. And yeah. what you're giving me right now is is false hope that you it's what you want to be true that you're packaging as gospel truth. And so what do you do if that doesn't pan out? Yeah. because then it was another five and a half years before I actually then, had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've, I've had multiple other pregnancy losses since then. Mm -hmm. And every single one of those was just, another reminder of this moment of being told, um, you know, these, these sort of easy, empty promises that people want to say, because it's an, and, and bless their hearts. I know they mean well. Yeah. Um, but people want to say something in the moment, and they don't know what to say. But unfortunately, and I'm guilty of this too, we say some really dumb stuff yeah. to people who are really deeply hurt. Um, and I'm sure that you have listeners who can absolutely relate with that, yeah. um, and have had have you know have had things of their own. So that's you know, I mean, th- there were a number of things that led to led to that dark night of the soul. But that was that was one of the big ones. And so I remember probably a year or two later. Um, I was driving down highway 39 in Meridian, Mississippi, and across the street from the Wind dixie there was a church with a marquee that said, if God feels distant, who do you think moved? Oh, geez. And, I, uh, right. <laughs> and I'm sitting at a stoplight looking at that side. And I started just screaming, screaming yeah. in my car. And like the people in the vehicle next to me kind of look at me and I was like, probably not my finest moment, Wow! but we have, redu- you know, it was like, don't tell me that the fasting and praying and begging and, and everything and, and getting in the scripture. Don't tell me that I'm not doing enough right now right. How to pursue God, that I'm the one who left God. Wow. Um, when, what I needed was people to say, this is a season where God feels where we're, I mean, God is always with us, but sometimes we are not aware of the presence of God. Mm. Like it's the awareness of God that we struggle with. And I needed compassion. I did not need accusations at that moment. Right. Um, And so, you know, again, that's where I feel like if you look to Jeremiah, if you look Mm. to Joe, if you look to Moses, if you look to all these different characters who didn't feel the need to just swallow their story and say, well, it was tough, but you know, I'm just, no, God's going to see me through, but they grieved. I mean, lamentations it's yeah. a book of grieving. The Bible says it allows you, it gives you room. It, it, it invites you to feel what you're feeling. I remember hearing a radio preacher one time say, don't trust feelings. You can't trust feelings because feelings are the flesh. And that to me was so wildly wrong because if we are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. then any Trait that we share with God is part of that being made in the image of God, and throughout Mm -hmm. Scripture we see that our God is a God full of emotion.
0: Mm -hmm. Like it's
1: impossible to imagine God without imagining great emotion. Yeah, and so to be told ignore your feelings, don't trust your feelings, is saying that that's asking us to deny part of the the essence of God that was imparted into us in creation and being made in the image of God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So. Well, I mean, sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm monologuing here. <laughs> so no, you're that. good. But I think it's so important. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book is letting people feel permission to feel all of their feelings with God. And that includes not just the grief and you know and, and the sorrow, but also the anger and the frustration and the confusion.
0: Mm.
1: We are allowed to come to God and yeah. say, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. This is the, what I was told the experience would be help me make sense of this, right? Please help me through this because mm-hmm. I don't want to feel this, mm-hmm. but it's a lie to, pre- if I pretend that I'm not, and yeah. people can't relate to that. You know, yeah. if that, that person in church who was always saying, oh, I'm doing so well. And I'm, that's not the person you're going to take your troubles to, because mm-hmm. you don't feel You can't really feel like you're an authentic relationship with that person. You feel like, well, I'm, I'm a terrible person for being frustrated with God right now. And this person clearly has never had an upset moment with God in their life. (laughs) I mean, if that's how you feel cool, but like, that's not particularly relatable. You are the exception and not the rule. If that is your experience, God is calls us to have relate, to be in relationship with other people. Mm -hmm. And so the only way we can do that is by feeling our feelings and by being authentic about them. Mm -hmm. Because that is what then allows us to relate to God on a deeper and truer level.
0: Yeah. That then
1: allows us to authentically relate with other people who are struggling. Yeah. You know, and it's like that beautiful prayer of St. Francis of Assisi where he says, Lord, you know, let me pre let me preach the gospel use words if you must, Mm -hmm. because the relation, the relational reaching out to people and engaging and comforting is so much more of, of the message of the gospel Mm -hmm. that is evangelizing so much more effectively than sitting down next to a stranger and saying, do you know Jesus? show someone that, you know,
0: Jesus, right. Exactly. Them know Jesus through you. It's so true. And I keep thinking of that passage that says, um, in love bear one and bear one another's burdens in love and, and that hardship, if you have read the Bible, you know, hardship is a part of life. If you have read the Bible, Jesus came to walk with us through those moments. And, and just like you guys can hear in Tiffany's story. And, and you guys have heard my story over and over throughout the episodes that the reason I, people always say on my podcast, they appreciate my podcast because of the authenticity. It's because I don't believe that plastic people inspire anybody. Like, life is messy. Let's keep it uncomplicated, but let's deal with it. You know, and when it comes to nice. Tiffany was talking about, you know, sharing who you're going to find to share, uh, about your struggles with, with someone, um, one kind of principle the Lord gave me in one of my difficult seasons was he who's given a trust must prove trustworthy. And so before you unfold those deeper places of your heart, don't just go pick the person who looks like they have their life together and is all spiritual they might be the right person, but you want to go to somebody who has proven trustworthy to meet you with Mm -hmm. compassion, who has uh, been authentic about their life and who is, who's asked God the hard questions, because they're going to be the ones that have some authentic revelation that will meet you where you are. That's not just a Pat churchy answer. And they're going to be the ones that are going to actually give you hope, hold your hand and walk with you through some things and hopefully lead you in that journey of meeting the Holy spirit where you are too. And so absolutely. Cause yeah. I think,
1: I think if you're experiencing spiritual burnout, which is what I think what so many people are going through, even if they don't have some big you know trauma, just that spiritual burnout, you don't want to go to the person who's never experienced burnout because yeah. they probably can't empathize, but the person who's been through it has survived it and has said, this is real and it is okay. And you will grow through this, yeah. but you don't have to be happy about it in the process. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's where you're going to find the engagement, the authenticity. That's where you're going to find God speaking to you. It's through the church, through the people of faith.
0: It's true. Okay. So we are down to three minutes here. So Tiffany, um, I just want to ask you actually, instead of life hacks, since I feel like we got pretty practical also, um, I would really love for you to pray for those who are listening, who find themselves in that dark night of the soul. Um, I just feel like you've wrestled through this and there's going to be an anointing on your life to, to pray for people in that place. And so if you wouldn't mind, if you'd pray for my listeners and then we'll tell them how they can connect with you before we wrap.
1: Lord, I ask you to please be with Jen's listeners today who are hearing this. Please reach into the the sad, the broken, the hurting, the, the empty, the burned out places in their life where they need healing. Please breathe healing, breathe wholeness into them, bring them the relationships that they need, bring them the insights and the discernment. Please reach out to those souls who who need a message of healing and who want healing and who want to draw closer to you in a way that is healthy and is dear and close to your heart
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than that the, help them to shed whatever is toxic or dragging them down or is not part of your highest good for them and for their lives. I ask you to please be with them all, fill them with your love and your spirit and an awareness of your presence. Thank you for all of your blessings and through the love and grace. And it's in the Son, in the name of your Son Jesus, that we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay. Well, you guys connect with Tiffany Yeckie. You can find her on her name is Tiffany Yeckie Brooks, and you can find her at her website. I'm going to blow through this really fast. You can yeah. <laughs> the links are going to be in the show notes. Um, we're less than a minute, so I'm trying to hurry this up, but the links are in the show notes. If you want to connect with her gaslighted by God, you can find on Amazon. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been such a blessing. And uh, you guys, absolutely. And you guys go, make sure you check her out, listen to this or share this episode with a friend, throw it up on social media and tag us. And otherwise we will see you next week at Java with Jen. See you guys later. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen Let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, Hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and He wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.